Welcome to the Franchise Success Formulas podcast, the place where you find the tactical and practical business and leadership knowledge you need to help you build a successful and scalable franchise enterprise. I'm Aisha Bascaro, the founder and CEO of the American Franchise Academy and a 30-year veteran in the franchise industry with experience in Fortune 500 global brands like Domino's Pizza, Popeye's Luciana Kitchen, and Darden Restaurants. Franchise executive turned teacher and entrepreneur. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's show here at the American Freshers Academy. And we have a very special interview today with one of the many franchise supporters that we know in the industry. And it's very special and very right for the moment because this is going to be about a challenge that everybody's facing, which is staffing. And so let's go ahead and get started with this interview so that we can learn from this expert in the staffing industry and see what we can learn from him. Hi, Tom. Welcome to today's show. Thank you for agreeing to joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it very much. I'm quite honored to be a part of the program. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I mean, you are one of those um, staffing experts, or should I say recruiter? Tom, he is a executive recruiter for restaurant chains and restaurant tech. And he is the founder and CEO of Tom Spry Executive Search. And that is why I asked him to join us today so that we can learn from what is happening out there in the industry. But before we get started, Tom, would you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and how you became a recruiter, because I'm sure people want to know about that. Started way back when my mother had me as a baby in Hawaii. No, just <laughs> I uh, spent 10 years in operations and after my second child decided I wanted to make a change into sales. Um, sent out my resume to 50 recruiters to talk about sales jobs. And one called me back and said, why don't you be a recruiter? So I started an ice cold desk in the restaurant space, building relationships and building their practice for a company that was planning on going public and ended up being sold years later. I then got the entrepreneurial bug and have been riding that wave since. I have worked, I have managed teams, and I have gone solo dolo. So I can relate to your owners. I have mm. to make sure I keep the lights on. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And I know that you and I met uh, many years ago in one of your searches. You were uh, reaching out to me about a position that I ended up not taking because we had another opportunity came up. But since then, we've known each other and have kept in touch. And I, uh, you know, I've known you in the industry and I've sent some people your way and seeing opportunities. So I know that you're very active and knowledgeable of what's going on in the industry right now. So let's go ahead and get started with some of the questions, because I know that the people that are going to be listening to this today are going to want to learn anything they can from you and your experience. So uh, as the beginning, how about if you can share a little bit about what is your take, your view, obviously, from your perspective of what's happening right now in the staffing environment? in retail, in franchising, in restaurants? What can you tell us about what's happening in the last 12 months, what you've seen and experienced and what you see is coming, you know? And, uh, and let's see what your perspective is that. I would love to hear that. Well, I'm going to say that we discovered during COVID that the uh, staffing hourly employee realized they had more options than they felt they had. And so the more traditional organizations they would go to, like restaurants, to work, um, they could find other avenues for income. And that I truly see as a major impact on the current hiring situation. There's still not enough employees out there. Restaurant people are 
to the point stretched to their limit where mental health is becoming known as a potential issue. And um, not just retracting new employees, but keeping the ones you've gotten have already trained and uh, happy and, and motivated. Those are the big issues. Mm. I have a question. So, so people are finding other things to do. Can you give us an example? Like when you reach out to people, what are they doing other than the normal job that they used to do? What new things are they doing now that now are these business owners and franchisees are competing against? Can you give us examples of what you're finding? Well, if you think about the person who's serving, who works in a restaurant, they tend to have more empathy. They tend to be more people focused. And those employees are being attracted to other alternative careers they never knew were available. For example, senior, senior living, our silver tsunami is what they call it in the uh, in-home care business. And so they can get positions, basically adult babysitting is for the same amount of money they get working in a restaurant with less labor-intensive activity. Oh, That's wow. That's an example. Yeah. And, you, and you're right because, uh, you know, as our mature group in the United States is growing, I could see how that's possible. Great. That's a good example. I hadn't thought about that. Any other types of ago, jobs that you're seeing? 10 years ago, they called it the silver tsunami, mm. that the boomers were getting older and used to a level of care and activity that they wanted to have a quality of life in their retirement. And we're finding at our age... As, as adults that we're now taking, find ourselves taking care of our parents ourselves. So that's a big thing. Yeah. You know, I would say in the last five years, just around here in my neighborhood, there's been two adult communities that have opened and grown apartment type of complexes where, yeah, I guess you're right. And obviously they weren't here before and now they're here. And so I could see that. There are franchises for in-home care, a lot of them in the U.S. Um, and they have the same problems restaurant owners have in staffing their their situation. Mm, is that because people are going to these locations rather than staying home? Are we talking about the customer base or the employee base? No, no, the customer. You're saying they're saying there's a lot of franchises no. that do provide in-home care, right. but they're having staffing issues because then the people are preferring to go to the the big building, yeah. the apartment complexes and work for them rather than work in the individual homes? A variety of factors. Similar problem we're having with restaurant staff. Mm -hmm. So um, they're competing for the same employee between restaurants and in-home care. Um, in-home care also includes, uh, if you include the living facilities, that's a separate issue as well. Um, it's all about quality of life. And most people would rather not leave their home, would rather have that quality of life in their own environment. And so franchisees in, in that care group struggle not to get new business, they struggle to find the people. You need the, the person, the employee to fill that need. Like you said, we were talking about masseuses, massage therapists, or other service-oriented uh, businesses that need to have that individual trained and certified to do it. Same way with in-house caregiving. All right. So everybody needs people, basically. Everybody has the same problem. So we're all fighting. The pool and awareness of the available options to that hourly employee has grown in terms of where they could go work. It used to be more restricted. More yeah, because even, even through COVID, especially in 2021, so many brands, new brands have popped up and so many brands have actually experienced growth. While there has been some shrinkage in certain brands because probably they were not properly prepared to overcome something called COVID, the reality is that I know of many brands that have had and experienced explosive growth because of the low cost of capital and therefore having 
that many more businesses with the amount of people available to work on those businesses is what's shrinking, you know, the more demand, but less offer of employees is what's causing part of that big issue. Yeah. So is there any other type of jobs that alternative jobs that people are finding that instead of working on a franchise at a restaurant, they're now finding jobs in different places? Can you give us an example of other jobs that they're looking at and they're working at? Well, there's a great explosion of YouTube videos on how to start your own home business. You can just go look at that and you'll see wherever there is content directed, you're going to find them looking at in that direction. Um, online e-commerce grew. I'm surprised how many life coaches exploded after COVID. 2021 was the year of the life coach. You know what? You are absolutely right. Uh, obviously, we have been, you know, the Academy has been uh, in the virtual business for we're going to be seven years uh, next year. And uh, we've been doing this for quite some time. And you're right. We, we saw a lot of people, you know, about uh, in 2021, et cetera. And, and I'm thinking, you know, how many of them are actually going to make it through? I thought that people would start in 2021 make it go 2022, but realize that really the, the opportunity is not as big as they thought. So maybe they go back to work. What do you think? <laughs> I have no idea. I am not throwing my, I can't give you any, any insight either way. Um, I do know that where I live, there's a lot of retired and semi-retired people going back to work. Um, the economy and their stock portfolios are all suffering that they have to find some form of alternative employment. So um, yeah. I've seen a couple of my actual neighbors working at the local Lowe's. Wow. Yeah. I could see how that'd be because the 401ks, I, I don't know about yours, but mine has shrinked 30% in the last 18 months. So it's pretty sad. All right. Well, let's go back into the more positive view of, uh, of staffing. And obviously you work with a lot of business owners and franchisees and restaurant owners. So what are the things that you are seeing that those leaders and those organizations are doing today to win? Can you give us examples of what are the things that they're doing that is actually helping them be successful to not only attract, but be able to hire and retain great people? Can you give us and share a little bit of that insight of what your customers are doing to do uh, to win at this uh, top talent uh, race? Absolutely. Um, social media is a piece that a lot of business owners don't invest in their own time or efforts for. Um, they're too busy running their business but they need to realize that social media is the principal attractor for potential employees. Uh, they social proof you. If you put out a posting for an opening, they're gonna wanna know who you are, what kind of scores are you getting from other employees on other social media sites like Glassdoor. Um, they wanna see that it is a positive environment. I mean, does, do your employees post videos or pictures of what they're doing? Some of the more successful employers that I have seen really invest in going out to the store and taking a picture after, you know, the lunch rush when everyone gets to just take a breather and say, hey, look, we just did this or we had a record day or what kind of recognition are you providing your teams? It's the little things that count. One of the things that I love most from a, uh, an organization is that there's a huge understanding that your staff are number one, not the customer your staff. If you've already got a product, you have a concept that has a proven business model, you need to be able to attract and reward. And we're not just talking about salary or hourly rate, the employees, encourage them. Do they have a path to learn and grow and develop? What kind of benefits do you offer? And, and you and I talked earlier, it's not about healthcare benefits. What benefits do they want? 
So because of course, you know, business owners usually say, oh, they're looking for healthcare. And so they go and search and find a way and get into that, you know, challenge of providing that and hiring a company and then managing it and going into putting all this time and money and effort into doing that. But then you say that may not be the right thing to invest your time and money and effort in. So what kind of other things do you think that this, you know, these employees are looking for? Yes, I was listening to a franchise, former franchisee talk about how passionate she was about getting health benefits for employees and did all the research, got several bids, sold it to her business partners and presented it. And out of all their, what, two, 300 employees, only three signed up. And she realized she had not asked them what they wanted. So the metrics are very simple. Uh, the primary age group in working in restaurants are 18 to 26 is the majority of the, is what they're looking at primarily employees. Obviously, it goes down to high school students are now coming back into the workforce to mid to late 30s. But the 18 to 26-year-olds, when they stopped and said, okay, what would you want as a benefit? 401k? And they came back with help with student loans. So they were either in school or they had gotten out of school and were paying off, they needed help with tuition and or paying off the student loans. So they did a matching program for every payment toward your student loan or toward your tuition will match up to whatever instead of offering a 401k. So I think that the lesson out of that is rather than before you decide on your own what you think your employees want, Maybe you spend the time and effort of truly actually asking them in some sort of a survey or questionnaire or something so that based on what the response is, then you decide how, what the next step is for your organization. It might vary by state, by city, by even by neighborhood or what your people want, but, but you're right. Let's ask them before you go through, spend all the time and money and effort into something that you think is what they want when the reality is something completely different. And maybe something that are you know, lower cost, higher impact solutions might come up because they might be more creative or they will know more about what they need. And it might be something that won't cost you as much that you can actually provide and they would appreciate. I think that's a great, great tip for sure. Well, I loved how that franchisee described it. She said, we read and hear all the time that it's health benefits, it's health benefits, it's health benefits for years. And she said, it, it taught us that we needed to go back and just ask them directly, what do you want to have? Mm, yeah, definitely. I think that's a great, a great tip for, for the people listening to this. You know, I'm, earlier you mentioned about social media and I was thinking that you were going to go towards investing and in actually putting your job postings in there and, and promoting them and actually boosting them or whatever, you know, to get awareness. But And you did mention that, but you also mentioned something that's very important that I actually, we talk a lot about with our clients, which is about your employer branding. Like, right. what is your employer branding? And you know what? I had never thought, you're right. We talk about how you need to manage your, your reputation in the in the social media world or the World Wide Web as we know it. Uh, because even if you don't have an account on Yahoo, even if you don't have an account on Google, you think you don't, but somebody has opened it. Somebody has put a comment in there, put your business name, your address, and people have shared their thoughts. If you don't actually manage it, which is something that we talk to our clients about how you need to have someone, if not yourself, manage that reputation for your business because your sales might be down, 
because of the bad reputation you have and you don't even know about it. But you're right. There are also several websites, several social media places, platforms where people do provide feedback on the environment and the experience they have as an employee. And uh, you're right. Glassdoor is one of them. And so now you need to make sure that as much as you manage your reputation for sales perspective and customer experience, you need to manage your reputation from your retention employee you know, attraction by your brand and your employer brand from your employee's perspective. That's a great point. Do you know of any other organizations like Glassdoor like that? There are. Uh, yes, you're right. There are several. I, I get spammed all the time and I've gotten to the point now where I just delete as I go along. Mm. Um, and I apologize for that, but it's true. Um, <laughs> the other thing from an employee branding standpoint, um, how you market the job is critical. And I find a lot of people will take a job description and that's their job post. And if the franchisor offers you some marketing assistance, I would run a job post by the marketing department to create a new copy for you. Mm. Sell the sizzle. Mm. You know, you go buy a restaurant, you want to walk in when you smell something that makes your mouth water. Same thing about employees. You've got to make them want to apply. And I'm, I'm just seeing a lot of copy and paste. And it's bad. Really, really bad. You know, that's another great tip. So the same effort that you put into doing your marketing and, and the copy of the words and sentences that you write to attract customers, you should spend as much time and effort in writing your ads for recruiting and, and, and jobs in a way that it actually is attractive for the people and go beyond what are the tasks you're supposed to do and, and expectations and requirements, but also why they should want that job. That's a great, that's another great, great tip for sure. As I said earlier, the employees are number one, the customer is number two. We don't want to think of it that way because we're early stage. We need, we need the customers, right? At some point, if you have that mindset, marketing covers everything. How I attract employees, how I attract customers. What you do once that employee is on board and retain them and fulfill them and make them feel special so they'll make your customer feel more special just increases your business. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? It, that really is going to be or is a paradigm shift or what I call a paradigm business shift mm -hmm. for a lot of our business owners because people are used to saying, you know, customers are number one and customers are number one. And in reality, you're absolutely right. It's true that customers and revenue is the oxygen of your business. But if you don't have the employee, you cannot have that, that sales and that revenue and that customer experience. So if you take care, if you have the employees first and then take care of them, they will then take care of your customer, which then brings you revenue. So really the paradigm of business ship should be your employees are absolutely number one for sure. Yeah, that uh, I totally agree with that. And the so hard part is getting them to recruit good employees, uh, good unit level managers or assistant managers. And networking is, believe it or not, the owner networking themselves, going into another restaurant and introducing themselves if they if they like the performance of that restaurant, it's reflective of its management. And what are you doing to make them know that you're looking yourself? Yeah, that's a great, that's another great point. That's something that we talk with our clients is about having always 
uh, a you impress me card with you, you know, that yeah. little card that says you impress me. So whenever you do come across, because you're, you're going to restaurants in your community, you're going to business and retail and places in your community. So if you see someone that really impressed you, if you're not ready to let them know and give them that card to, to give them the opportunity for them to then maybe inquire into a possible job with your organization, you're definitely leaving an opportunity uh, on the table. So those you impress me cards are a must at all times. I remember that we used to have them when I was a director operations for a couple of brands. I always had them, you know, handy mm -hmm. because of that, because you just never know when you're going to meet a superstar that you would love to have in your organization. You know, any tips like that that you have from people that are doing things that are doing well, that is helping them win at this point? Anything else that you can share in that area? Well, like I said, number one, if you're going to post a job, yes, you need to be on the job boards because they are looking for jobs. And it's all in the marketing of that post, number one. Uh, number two, empowering internally. Who else do you know that could want to work with you? And incentives are various. Um, number three is, as we just described, actively networking. Going, like you said, you did a great job. Wonderful. That's one way. But I guarantee you, there are franchise owners that are part of the Chamber of Commerce. And if you go to a chamber meeting, you need, you need to let it know, be known. Hey, I am looking for people. And who do you know? I've had chamber people come back and say, well, my son and daughter are looking. And that's another resource that you, have, you never would have gotten to. So it's active networking and being proactive. So this is not something that they can do from their office or their business or from home. They actually need to be out there hitting the pavement and uh, making it, things happen for themselves. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Mm -hmm. Introverts even are, are learning how to actively go out and network, even if they're looking for a job. They're, they're realizing they have to go, reach outside their uh, comfort zone. And that's the way it is. If you think of posting a job as passive networking, you can also look at going out and visiting other restaurants and asking and connecting with other people. Active networking, both are required for this business. No, I can totally see that. That's uh, that's another great tip. You know, I know that you you yourself are focused more on the higher levels of positions when it comes to recruiting. Is you see a difference on what to do to recruit unit managers versus the uh, recruiting uh, district managers? Like, is there a difference in what they're looking for that we can think of, and and you know that we for for us to be aware of to to see what we should offer a district manager versus a unit manager? Well. <laughs> There are a lot of similarities. Everyone wants to know what the career path is. What are the opportunities? How do I, how do I get promoted? How do I make more money? How do I get more training? What can I do to better improve myself in a variety of different ways? That's, that's standard. So career growth, career growth is something that if you were to offer that type of clarity and direction is something that that maybe not everybody does, that if you have that in your organization, it would then put you at a better position for people to choose you versus others? Let's say you have an employee who just seems to be very good with Instagram and you want to give them the opportunity to manage your social media. You can offer them an additional stipend in ex, uh, with their, their work that they do on behalf of the restaurant or restaurants. And let it be known that you would include training, additional training that they could get on using social media and marketing so that they can improve and develop their position. 
Oh, I see. So, no, so developing not just a career path within a normal, but really within your organization, there may be different positions where people that are younger that have the skills and abilities that you could offer, you know, that potential opportunity. Hmm. And include the fact that they are going to get developed along the way. The, The point is, you're going to have a more more proactive, happy, involved uh, employee base that way. Um, and you will retain them better because you're constantly allowing them the opportunity to grow and develop. When you stop doing that, that's when they start looking away. The happy employee, doesn't matter if it's an hourly, it's a manager or a district manager, the best and brightest are working hard to do the be- their best and brightest. They're not the ones looking for a job unless something happens that causes them to look away. You know, and that's another perspective. Like why, you know, like I know you've been doing this for a long time. And of course, you know, you have your list of network of the people who you reach out to and connect with. And and so you hear from them, not only why they're taking the job, especially the ones that you're offering, but you also hear why they're leaving the job that they're at, right? Mm -hmm. So what type of things the reasons why people are leaving the jobs that they're at for the unknown, because when you go to another job, you don't know what's going to happen there. You just hope that it's going to be better than when you are. But you, if you're leaving is because something is happening in where you are, that is not going well. So what kind of examples are the things that people are telling you why they want to leave? Everybody's different. Um, It's never about money ever. So we spend a lot of time in the restaurant space. We, I had one CEO tell me, we spend so much time together that we spend more time with each other than we do with our families. So we better like working with each other. So in any form of relationship, there's a continuum and some days are up, some days are down. If you've got a boss who just blew up, you're not going to want to hang out or stay around. Active networking is how you overcome the problem of finding the best and the brightest. Why recruiters get paid. I mean, I used to laugh and say, I get paid to leave voicemail. That's how I found you. The only reason why I couldn't take you away at that moment was literally, and I hate that word, you got an expanded role like a week later. It wasn't that we were, I was trying to pull you away. It, it, you were at a level, you weren't, didn't see any opportunity for you to move up. And then suddenly it opened up, you know? It's a funny, it's funny how that happens, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. So everybody has different needs and wants. So it could be. I like the fact that there are people who want to, there are people who change jobs too frequently, but they're looking for that challenge and that growth and that development, and they don't feel they can get it where they're at. They're going to find it somewhere else. So the best thing you can do as an owner is to put things in place that not only allow your employees to serve your customers, but that you're serving your employees so that they can be their best. What do they need? What do they want? It's it's the same comment that we were talking about earlier. Are you making them a priority? And how do you show that you value them? Understanding what they value. That is so true. Absolutely. So before, if so, if you are having staffing issues and you really want to solve the problem, maybe start by listening to them to see what's, what's missing and and what you can, probably what you can do more of, what you can do less of, right? Mm-hmm. And what you should continue doing so that the people that are with you stay with you. And if you then do that and let the world know, because, you know, there might be environments in which are great and they just are growing and they need more people and they're just not letting the world know how good it is. So that's where the social media, you know, involvement comes in. I think that that sharing of what's happening 
day in and day out in your business and actually sharing that in your business social media so that you're not only doing your marketing for sales, but also your your employer branding marketing. And even customers will be attracted at the, at the fact that you're treating your people well. I think that if I see a company that's doing a great job with their people, I want to go over there and give them my money too to support them on that endeavor, right? And so what happens, I know a lot of people do a good job, but they don't let the world know. And I think that, you know, I think it's time if you want to be able to solve this staffing issue is that you need to let people know what you're doing. If in fact you're doing all these things, why not let the world know, right? Exactly. Um, I also suggest that as you look to actively network, think outside the box of where you're going to find people. I still... I have done so many different things uh, over the years. My favorite was to call on uh, local churches for out-of-work members that needed, you know, that had this particular type of experience or skill set that were looking for a job and that they should come and see me. By making that active invitation by the owner, or in my case, it was I was recruiting for a facility, uh, for a location. It was amazing the quality of the applicants, number one, and number two. They were wanted. They knew they were going to go someplace where they were wanted. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that because one of the things that we do also talk with our clients is how you need to find reliable recruiting resources. And a lot of times we just go, sometimes we just want to throw money at social media, you know, on the platforms mm-hmm. and the normal, you know, the, 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 the usual, usual things. But sometimes there are there might be something in the community, something that maybe just putting an ad, like I meant, I always say, local church, maybe your local grocery store. You never know that maybe that might be the absolute best place for you to do that and that solve the problem. And you don't know because you don't even try it, right? Yes. Um, I used to laugh at this. If you post a flyer that you're hiring and you have like a phone number that rip off at the bottom, always tear one off before you post it. Let them know that somebody's already starting to look. Oh, I love that. That's like a fear of missing out. <laughs> exactly. That's so a great idea. I have done so many strange things. When I needed to know the organizational chart of a company back um, in the 90s, I paid a food truck to let me be the cashier. I basically rented a food truck. And we camped out in front of that off- corporate office. It took me about two weeks, but I, like I said, this is before the growth of what is now known as LinkedIn. I knew the whole organizational chart within two weeks. Yeah. So you had got to be creative as to how you find things out, right? Yeah. Exactly. Very, very cool. Very interesting. So, so we talked about all the things that people can actually do. And now we talked about the things that, you know, why some people actually leave and what you need to do to make sure that you retain those people. Anything else that you want to add to to that tips and information and knowledge of, of best practices that, you know, the people that are listening to this uh, show, which is probably going to be mostly franchisees, you know, business owners that are trying to learn how to be better at, you know, managing their business and having the great people and, of course, increasing the profits. Anything else that you want to give them as a tip? Be clear. Be clear of the expectations for that role. Be clear of what their pathing is are the two biggest um, learnings successful employers have found. You can market that they're happy, but at the end of the day, when they come in the door, they need to know what's expected of them and what they have to do if they over, what they can do, what can happen for them if they achieve and then overachieve. Oh, I love that. Very cool. Thank you, Tom. I really appreciate that. Can you now share specifically what kind of services do you provide? Who is your client? Like who can you serve and what can you help with? 
I have been recruiting in the restaurant and um, re franchise space for about 26 years now. And I help business owners and executives find the right talent that's going to not just come in and fix the short-term problem, but be part of the long-term solution. So my people stay. They're successful. They're type A overachievers. They um, are driven. And I've spent time connecting with them to know what would be the right situation for them. And if it's you as my, as my client, it, it's a match made in heaven. My favorite line is, if you ever get an offer from someone I represent, it's a marriage proposal. And, and you know what? It definitely is pretty close to that. So where can people find you if they have needs? And, and I assume you focus, do you go unit manager and above, or do you start a district manager? Like what levels of people do you I, look for? I, my relationships with that owner, it varies. So I have done everything from janitors to CEOs. My primary efforts have been, let me see what you need, help you find what you want and bring you what you need. So you're saying is that you basically meet with these business owners and not it's not for just one particular position, but what are your overall needs for organization? And let's work on a comprehensive plan for all, whatever levels and opportunities you have kind of thing. Exactly. Got it. So, okay. So great. Well, thank you. Where can people find you if they're looking for someone that can help, you know, partner with them to be able to staff their needs and bring the organization to the next level? Well, I'm at tomspry.com. And you'll find me on LinkedIn actively posting um, on re issues related to culture, motivation, hiring. Oh, love that. Thank you, Tom, for spending your time with me and, and uh, with us here in the show and sharing your knowledge and experience in this industry. I know you've been around for a while and you certainly know a lot about what's going on. As I like to say, I have just enough gray hair to be taken seriously. And I'm always impressed with what you deliver, have been following your, your newsletter and your program for some time now. Mm. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that, Tom. You know, we are here at the American Franchise Academy focused on providing knowledge, tools, and resources for the franchisees to be able to achieve the business and financial goals. And given this type of content and information is part of what we do every day and, uh, and we love it and we will continue to do it for a very long time. So thanks for being here with us. So that's it. That's the closing of this uh, amazing interview. I hope that you were able to get a lot of information and tips and ideas on what you can do to go and find your people and be able to achieve the staffing levels and leadership styles and amazing team that will bring your organization to be able to achieve your financial goals and your business goals. Because without people, it is very hard to do anything else. And so focus on the people. And like Tom said, your employees should be number one. So make sure and ask them what it is that they need, what it is that will motivate them and work on that because that way your time and effort and money will be spent in the right way. So thank you for being with us today and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Franchise Success Formulas podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss a show. And leave a review so that other people like you can find us and receive the value that you just did. Here at the American Franchise Academy, we have an important mission of protecting the American dream of business ownership through franchising. And with your help, we can do a lot more of that. Thank you for being part of our community and see you next time.